I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, here's something I don't know. I meant to ask Katie. What's the penalty going to be for all those pro-Hamas? I shouldn't say that because you don't have to be Hamas. Pro-Palestinian protesters that stopped traffic on the Bay Bridge in San Francisco yesterday. Do we know what the penalty is going to be for that? Katie? I'm looking right now. It, I'm needs, not to sure. be, it needs to be stiff. All I know oh, is they yeah. arrested 81 people yesterday. It's got to be like, holy crap, I wish I hadn't done that sort of fine. Yeah, or it will happen routinely. Right. I mean, when a DJ did that, he got fined, I think it was six figures. Yeah, you got to hammer these people. Goodbye, civilization. Talking huh? about that with somebody yesterday. I, you never hear about the penalties, and that would be a good thing to report out. The person that runs onto the basketball court and glues themselves to the floor or, you know, ties themselves to a Van Gogh painting at a museum or whatever, the, all those people, what do they get charged with? What do they get fined? It should be a lot, and that should be part of the story so other numbnuts hear it and think, oh, okay, I was going to do that, but I guess not if it's going to cost me right $50,000 and I'm going to jail for two months. And I understand why there is some sentencing latitude, but if we were to stop uh, traffic on the Bay Bridge for an hour, say, to publicize the Armstrong and Getty show, and they hammered us for that because it was, you know, out of greed and business, but somebody who does it because they're sincerely upset about a political issue, you can't have content-based twin systems of justice like that. It's like on the college campuses. If somebody on the right steps it all out of line, they just get murdered. Somebody on the left steps out of line, well, they were very adamant. They're very upset about the situation. You can't have that. Now, you're both sitting down, right? Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, they they I'm got standing sl- actually, but I'll be they okay. They got slapped with misdemeanors. Okay. So, uh, they, they were arrested, cited, and released. They're facing charges of unlawful assembly and failure to disperse. Right. Wow. Which is a whole lot of nothing. And, uh, and, will, there, and will there even be any follow-through on that? Quite possibly not. Uh, no. No, they'll be just let go. They won't end up having any uh, consequence whatsoever, I would guess. Uh, if I were in charge, I would have hurled them into the bay and shouted the charges at them on their way down. I'd have fed them the reptiles like the Humane Society does. <laughs> All right, then. Perhaps now would be a good opportunity to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. Three, two, one, Do you want to fight me? You want to do it now? I'd love to do it right now. Well, stand your butt up, then. You stand your butt up. You know, you're a United States senator. Let's have coffee. Discuss our differences. Oh, uh, that's what you said. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. All right, well, let's say I don't have coffee. Let's do it. All right. It was a clean shot to the kidneys, and I turned back, and there was there was Kevin. If I hit somebody, they would know I hit him. You are responsible for all of this waste of money, energy, resources, and my education. is really smart. They insinuate themselves in the hospitals, in the schools. You would love to see all the people that are calling for Israel to take steps to protect hospitals call for Hamas to vacate the hospitals and stop using civilians as human shields. Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad use some hospitals in the Gaza Strip, including Al-Shifa. say, oh, they're just cleaning up this place because all those fancy leaders are coming into town. That's true, because it's true. President Xi then said, there is room for the U.S. and China. We're going to work together like we did on fentanyl. This meeting yesterday actually delivered results for the American people. That's what the CCP is. It's a crime family, and he's the Don Xi Jinping. We should call him Don Xi Jinping. The most important thing I can tell you is do not put the burden of making you feel good about your mistake on the person that you just misgendered. Oh, thank you for telling me that. This is your reminder that femmes with facial hair are so dang cute. It is reminiscent of the worst language used in Nazi Germany. You know, take the socks, you know, let's just put them in the drawer. The hamper. That's not right. That's dirty. I don't like you, because you just described yourself. Hold it. There's a lot of good stuff there that all deserve the backstory, but if you didn't hear the backstory on them, you should have listened more, or you still can this weekend, the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand. I'd forgotten the near fight in the U.S. Senate happened this week. So many things happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah, madness. Kevin McCarthy throwing sharp elbows. We could add the follow-up clip, too. It's just like Kevin go hide behind his mama's skirts. I don't think we've heard the last from embittered, angry, vicious Kevin McCarthy. Who's the Speaker of the House? I'm trying to memorize his name. 
Mike Sam Johnson. Smith. Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson. Okay. MAGA Mike, right wing crazy MAGA. He formed a you know, what? A compromise with the Democrats? A, a vicious, fascist, racist Klansman, MAGA Mike. His number one goal is going to be to end gay marriage or get 200 Democratic votes to pass a continuing resolution. Hard to say, one or the other. <laughs> Speaking of the numbers and the numbers behind the numbers, <laughs> the truly revealing numbers behind those. It's important not to mix up Hamas with ordinary Palestinians. Not all Palestinians supported the raping and torturing and kidnapping and killing of innocent Israelis on October 7th. 5.4% of Palestinians somewhat do not support it, and 7.3% are extremely against it for a total of about 13%. We're against the attacks of October 7th, according to a recent poll of the West Bank and Gaza Strip uh, at ourad.org, polling organization that part of the... Uh, you the know, world. I'll bet that's about right. That doesn't shock me. Yeah, a total of uh, 83% uh, supported it. You know, if I were to take a look at this from the political science historian point of view, as opposed to somebody with a particular uh, rooting interest, I would say that that describes, particularly given the horror of the attacks, that describes an intractable hatred between two people. It would be a one in a hundred shot that those two peoples could live side by side in peace going forward. Maybe maybe one in 25, maybe well, one in 100 is an exaggeration. Well, after what happened on October 7th, and I continue to hear more stories about that that are horrifying, I can't believe the level of depravity. I mean, it is as far as human beings can go down the road of evil that day. And once that happens, it's going to be a good 500 years before you could possibly live side by side. My point exactly. Yeah, probably. Again, there's a tiny, tiny chance, I suppose, that cooler heads might prevail, but it's vanishingly small. And and I would say this, this is almost a litmus test, whether you're a realist or not. And I don't like this. It doesn't make me happy. In fact, I think it's horrifying. But up until like two weeks ago in the history of mankind, there is only one choice. One side completely wins and beats the other. Right. That's always been the way it goes. Always. And again, that doesn't make me happy. No, we don't want to it live just in a, is. We don't want to live in a might makes right world. Because sometimes the might is on the side of the bad guy. Right. But um that is the history of the world. Uh, so I, anyway, what I'm what I'm saying is people who are advocating for the outcome that has never been or almost never been um, are just they're dreamers well let me ask you this at this point now that it is absolutely determined by our own US government and our own mainstream media that Hamas is operating out of those hospitals, including the biggest hospital there. You've seen the tunnels. If you haven't, you're going out of your way to not see them because they got videos and they got all the proof. And our government has said it from every quarter. Hamas uses it 
the, the hospital and the patients as a human shield. They're keeping the gasoline for themselves. If those babies in the incubators don't have full fuel, it's because Hamas doesn't want them to have. Now that, now that we're there, how is not every pro-Palestinian protester on the street a pro-Hamas support, a protester? Why would I well, differentiate at this point? Ignorance. They're ignorant. Okay, fine. Or they get their news from TikTok or something like that. But why Why should I have to say, oh, no, a lot of the people there are just want to help out the downtrodden Palestinians who've always been overlooked, which is true. But at this mm-hmm. point, what are you supposed to flipping do? Yeah, I agree, as you know. The fact that we have a radically energized cohort of our young who are practically unreachable with facts is disturbing. It's I wonder, disturbing as hell. I wonder if this conversation has been had, or maybe it's one of those conversations you don't need to have in life, where everybody knows. Uh, if Biden, somebody in the Biden administration has talked to somebody in Netanyahu circle and said, look, we all know you're going next election. You do what you got to do. Just do what you got to do. You're going to get voted out. The world will be able to say, well, that was Netanyahu. We're on to someone else now. We'll have people enraged about it for about a decade or so, but uh, there's no other choice. I, you know, that might be, like I said, it might be one of those conversations you don't need to have uh, because it's obvious. But Netanyahu's headed out the door. He's not going to win the next election. There's no hanging on at this point for all kinds of reasons. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so do what you got to do. Get rid of Hamas, as you said, once and for all. As Hillary Clinton said you need to do? I heard somebody say if it looks like Hamas is about to get wiped out, that's when Hezbollah attacks. Well, then Hezbollah attacks, and you got to deal with Hezbollah. What other options are there? And then war with Iran. Okay. That might be what happens, but tell me the other options. Do I have to be realistic? Yeah, you got to be realistic. Well, then there aren't really many at all. Peace. Perceive, pursue peace in the two-state solution. Good luck with that. Again, it's not because that's what I want. I'm just a realist. Uh, More gender-bending madness, pronouns, and that sort of thing. Why you should never fall for the pronoun game. Now the Navy is forcing it on uh, recruits? With the world's most flaccid training video. Yes. (laughs) All right. It's another Flaccid Friday. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. 
Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's a celebration. The drummer from Cool in the Gang has died at the age of something or other, and his name is something or other, but he has passed. Which is, which is an excuse to play this song that I remember when it was brand new, but I still hear it at like high school football games and stuff like that. There's a party going on right here, a celebration to last throughout the year, don't you know? Wow, that's a celebration. Huh. So bring your laughter and your good times to... A celebration. All right, we're not going to have time for what we're going to do here. Oh, no. <laughs> now what? Oh, man. I can smell vacation from here. You know, what a guy has to do is write a party song that catches on. Yeah. Let's I, get this party started. I don't know the name of that song. Black Eyed Peas, was that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you get a party song to catch on. Right. Just in the era of streaming, I don't know what good that does you really. When I worked in a country bar, I used to think that man, if you can, you write a good two-stepping, it's Saturday night party song. Every DJ in America wants one of those. Yeah, there are plenty of entries, but uh, although yeah. it, it, the difference is, um, you know, and you might become well known for it, but you used to become wealthy from that sort of thing if you could come up with one hit. Now you don't. You're not going to become right, wealthy exactly. from that. Could be the biggest hit in America. You're not Merch and tickets really is the only money you're going to make. Unless you're Taylor Swift and you get a zillion sc- streams, but you need that. But she is by far the exception, yeah. Yeah. So uh, gender-bending madness coming up next uh, segment. I'm reminded that we talked about this earlier. This is being mislabeled uh, now and again on the Internet as part of Osama's letter to America, why he attacked America, that... Very stupid young radicals are quoting on TikTok and saying, this has changed my mind about America. Now I understand. Um, And and it's Chinese propaganda. It's anti-American Chinese propaganda that we're allowing to infect the souls of our young people. Not to get hung up on that horror and suicidal tendency that no country in the history of the world has ever had. Here's a secret, and I'm not being sarcastic this time. It's working. Oh, yeah, the propaganda is working. TikTok being the number one news source for young people is working in the way China wants it to. Yeah, and and specifically anti-American pro-Hamas propaganda is working. Anyway, uh, this is not part of that Osama bin Laden letter. This is part of a different letter Osama wrote that was discovered during the raid to kill him in uh, Pakistan. And and it's getting a little bit of attention now, but um, and this is from ABC News, uh, contemporary contemporaneous. 
Uh, he's explaining to his <clears throat> newly elevated uh, 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 lieutenant why he needs to target uh, Obama and Petraeus if they fly into Pakistan or Afghanistan, uh, but not Biden or, or Gates or Mullen or Holbrook or any of those guys. He said the reason of focusing on Obama specifically is he is the head of the infidels and his assassination will leave Biden in charge of the presidency for the remaining presidential term. Biden is totally incapable of assuming this office and his assumption of power will push America into a deep crisis. That was Osama bin Laden's punditry, if you will, his take on Obama Biden back in 2010. How does this just come out now? Uh, it didn't. It was, uh, like I said, I found uh, ABC News in 2011, I think it was, um, reporting on this. But why hadn't I heard it? I mean, it just seems like, doesn't it seem like the sort of thing that would have caught hold and been like... Uh, maybe. I might have heard it at the time, but uh, oh, so Osama thinks Biden's incompetent. <laughs> this this was all a dozen years ago. I'd have forgotten by now. And we just never thought about Joe Biden being president, so it didn't matter. Oh, no, he'd run twice. He never got 3% of the vote, and he's a dope. <laughs> so, no, he's not ever going to be a president. Wait, what? <laughs> We're going to talk about pronouns. They're uh, definitely in the news today, among other things on the way. Stay with us. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray, rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hi, my name is Johnny, and I use he, him pronouns. Hi, and I'm Kanchi, and I use she, her pronouns. And we're here to talk about pronouns. What is a pronoun? A pronoun is how we identify ourselves apart from our name, and it's also how people refer to us in conversations. Using the right pronouns is a really simple way to affirm someone's identity. It is a signal of acceptance and respect. You know, it just, every once in a while it pops into my head, this has all happened. I mean, is something nobody had 
ever considered for a second up until like five minutes ago. Right. And now it's obligatory in some circles. <laughs> I mean, obligatory to the point of if you want to continue on your career, you yeah. will conform to this. I was just having a conversation about that in the hallway. Like, can you imagine you end up in a situation where I got to go find another job and I'm at a workplace where this this is what they do. Can I bite the bullet and do that? To work somewhere? Could I? Yeah, I know. I know. It's tough. It's tough for a lot of people. And if you have to go along with this stuff, I understand. I sympathize with you. I really do. Uh, But if you have the opportunity to not, don't. And talked a little bit earlier. When did we? That that was from a U.S. Navy training video. When did we talk about that at length and play those clips? Was that hour two or hour three? Hour three. I don't remember. Yeah, it's hour three. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so grab it via the podcast, uh, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. It's astonishingly lame, stupid, and disturbing. It's horrifarious. It's horrifying and hilarious. And it's your taxpayer money? And they spent time and money on that in the U.S. Navy? In the Pentagon? Yeah. Thanks for taking my money, so weak. Anyway, so I wanted to uh, return briefly to this essay by uh, Colin Wright about why you shouldn't go along with the uh, the pronoun thing. And it's out of radical critical theory and uh, and queer theory and gender theory. They're all wrapped up in the same intellectual salons of Germany and France in the mid-20th century. It was the mutation of Marxism. The idea is just that you're critical of everything. You find everything problematic. It doesn't matter what people's intent is. What they said was wrong for this reason that reason and you tear them down and tell them no you have to speak you have to say this instead it's not about morality they come at it from a moral argument but it's about um uh, uh, it's about obedience it's about you submitting to them that's the point of critical theory but anyway so uh, colin goes into the stuff we mentioned before that the idea that if you're a woman, but you don't conform to, like, stereotypical femininity, then your gender is male. And they try to erase the line between sex and gender, but then they use the terms interchangeably. It's all intended to confuse you and silence you. Anyway, but I like this. Uh, whoops. Scroll too far. Um, bah, 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 bah. So when someone asks you for your pronouns and you respond with she, her, even though you may be communicating the simple fact that you're female, a gender ideologue would interpret this as an admission that you embrace femininity and the social roles and expectations associated with being female. While women's rights movements fought for decades to decouple womanhood from rigid stereotypes and social roles, modern gender ideology has melded them back together. Coerce, here's the key part, coercing people into publicly stating their pronouns in the name of inclusion is a Trojan horse that empowers gender ideology and expands its reach. It is the thin end of the gender activists wedge designed to normalize their worldview. Participating in pronoun rituals makes you complicit in gender ideology's regressive belief system, thereby legitimizing it. Far from an innocuous act signaling your support for inclusion, again, the moral argument, it serves as an implicit endorsement of gender ideology and all of its radical tenets. Right. Let me offer an analogy. Consider the human rights campaign urging people to begin conversations with, hi, my pronouns are blankety-blank. What are yours? Now, imagine a similar request from the American Federation of Astrologers, encouraging everyone to begin a conversation with, hi, I'm a Sagittarius. What's your sign? To respond with your own star sign would be to operate within and signal your tacit agreement with the belief system of astrology. 
If you reject astrology and respond to the question with, I don't have a sign, their reply might be, of course you do. When were you born? But that's a completely different question. And they're just trying to get you to, you know, perform the ritual with them. Right. And obviously, a lot of people would reject immediately the idea of, hi, I'm a Christian. What religion are you? As a question. Sure. Yeah, and, and a lot of the critical theory stuff is quasi-religious. I mean, it's cultish. Um, so, yeah, don't, uh, don't participate in the ritual. Uh, you, can't, you can't make me respect astrology, and you can't make me respect radical gender theory. It's pretty yet, clever, actually, the, whole, the, way, the of, way they do it. Oh, yeah, out of nowhere, they've gotten the power that you're describing. If you want to work here, you will genuflect to our God. Out of nowhere. I know. Well, it's, it's not out of nowhere. It's out of the teacher's colleges. I know two people in my personal life who retired early from their careers when they liked their jobs because they didn't want to go along with this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough one. Oh, yeah. I have great sympathy for people who are forced into this stuff. Oh, heck yeah. I mean, because, yeah, you go home and uh, you got, uh, how am I going to pay my rent, feed my kids, blah, 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 live my life. But at least I stood my ground on the whole uh, pronoun thing. Yeah, it's, a, it's a tough one to sell to yourself long term. Oh, yeah, I totally get it. Um, I'm reminded of uh, Kid Rock, the great uh, Bob Ritchie. Do we have that clip from yesterday, Michael? Here's where the rubber meets the probably gravel road he's rolling down in his four-wheel drive with a sign that says, or a flag that says what, chilling the most? Chilling the most. <laughs> Someone wants to dress up like a girl, they want to be transgender or whatever. A lot of people fought and died for them to do that. Go for it. We can coexist. Be yourself. You're cool with me, I'm cool with you. That's what most people are. But as soon as you bring our kids into this, that's where you're going to bring hatred into it. Leave our freaking kids out of it. Kid Rock, ladies and gentlemen who's 50-something. Uh, we will finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. 
And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It took several days for me to get a full night's sleep, even then I have nightmares. We all tested positive for methamphetamines. Heart rate spiked. I remember seeing the heart rate monitor hit nearly 200. I was horrified of what that meant. I also saw the Nikos posted a Facebook update about how they were compliant with the police. The owners probably aren't the ones that have to do with it. You know, it's probably not their fault. That's a couple of folks who went to eat at a Japanese restaurant in Florida, and there was meth on their food. Why? They freaked out, and their vital signs skyrocketed, and it's just terrible. It's awful. Why? Nobody's sure how the meth got on the food. Like they said, I don't think the owners were involved. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. I ordered, uh, I got the beef teriyaki with meth. I actually ordered the chicken teriyaki with cocaine. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. They are not suing yet, but are seeking financial compensation. Can I send this back? My teeth just fell out and I had sex with a homeless person. <laughs> so many scabs. Um, yeah, well, it's it's horrifying if it's true. God, yeah. I've never done meth. And I'd hate to have, you know, by accidentally do it. Um, um, oh, geesh. man. Oh, that's horrifying. Seven people tested positive for the, the narcotic. And obviously, you know, wow. uh, if you're older, uh, having your heart rate all of a sudden jump to 200 might not be that good. Might kill you. Yeah. Great. Scott. A couple of things for you. One, Tim, the lawyer, Tim Sandifer, just sent me a great thread about art and AI that I can't wait to uh, really dive into. And I sent him my audiobook tip because I'm currently obsessed and I'm excited that we have a week off so I can finish it off. The autobiography of Charlie Chaplin. The book is amazing, but the reading of it is so fantastic by this guy with an English accent. Charlie Chaplin was English. Um, I say. Uh, it's so interesting. Really, really. I'm just obsessed with it. He's one of the biggest celebrities in the history of the world. In fact, mm -hmm. at the time, he probably was the biggest history, the biggest celebrity that had ever lived. And from as humble a beginnings as you can flip and get. But all his descriptions of being in a workhouse as a kid, him and his brother and his broke, crazy mom and, uh, you know, in, in London in the early 1900s. I mean, it's some Dickens stuff, man, but completely real. Wow, yeah, now you got me hooked. As I've said, you know, and I've read more rock star biographies than is justifiable, but the interesting part is always the times they grew up in. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, and then the music stuff's interesting if if you're into music. But yeah, uh, wow, I'll bet that is absolutely fascinating. Yeah, his mom was a pretty successful singer, actress, that sort of thing. And his dad was a pretty successful actor also. So he genetically... He, uh, you know, he got some of the show business stuff from them, but his dad was an alcoholic, drank himself to death at 37, which ain't easy to do. And his mom, who was, uh, uh, may, may have gone crazy because of this, but she died, just got a cold or something like that and couldn't sing anymore. Bingo, nobody wants her, completely poor, out of money, no food, living in the workhouse, which is, I mean, you talk about no social safety net back in the day. 
Oh, mm-hmm. brutal. Yeah, the the workhouses I've read about. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, really, really, enjoy, really enjoying the autobiography of Charlie Chaplin audiobook. If you're into that sort of thing, I just got a text from my brother. So I mentioned earlier in the show, my brother sent me a text last night saying, I'm never flying again. You can't count on the airlines anymore. I'm stuck in an airport. All my plans for tomorrow canceled. Going to cost me thousands of dollars, and we're going to be sitting here. And, and I, I didn't know he was going on vacation, and he's with uh, both his daughters, my nieces, and, um, where are you headed? He was stuck in Houston. They're headed to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil to see the Taylor Swift concert. So he's taking his wow. two daughters to see Taylor Swift down there in Brazil. And she's doing her South America tour, as you all know, of course, because she leapt into Travis Kelsey's arms there in Argentina last weekend. We know. We know. But so he sent me a text today. So he's stuck. He he finally made it. He's, he's stuck there. <laughs> Makes it. To another airport uh, in a hotel, got to take a shower, had to spend the night in Houston, but no luggage. The luggage went. Oh. So they got no luggage, and he said, ain't nothing like taking a shower and putting on your old smelly socks before an all-day travel trip. Oh, can't you door dash some socks or something? Is that a thing? Yeah, good uh, idea. I wow. would door dash some socks and underwear. So, so they're going to miss the show and everything? Not going to miss the concert, but he had all kinds oh. of excursions planned and stuff oh, like that. of and course. Standing at like a nice hotel with all kinds of stuff to do there and everything. Everybody has a more interesting life than I do. Yeah, uh, that is that is the first thing I thought when he texted me. Why are, are you and your daughters doing so many more fascinating things than I am? <laughs> and ambitious, yeah. You know, yeah. I got a buddy who sent me pictures. He was uh, at the Rolling Stones show in London several months ago. You know, if Judy and I, like, go to San Francisco to see the old 97s, we feel like we've mounted or climbed Mount Everest. I mean, we just I'm just not ambitious like that. I need to get ambitious, damn it, about recreation and entertainment. Of course, you gotta got to gotta add the money. True that, yeah. And part of part of it is for me, just me personally, um, because I didn't have kids until I was forty five. There is nothing I need to see and nowhere I need to go. I've reached my limit of those sorts of things. It's just I'm done. I don't need any more of that. Now I will take my kids to those sorts of things, like he's doing with his daughters. So that's a pretty mm-hmm. cool. Thing. My brother's spent so much time all around the world in the army. He doesn't need to go anywhere either. I don't think any right. exotic locale is going to really trip his trigger. How about a trip to Dubai? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, we're just getting started on that stuff. And my wife has been a bit agitated about the fact that we haven't traveled more. But, of course, we had some stuff booked and then COVID happened. We were just getting ready to, yeah. all right, we got the empty nest. Uh, I got kind of a retail job, but we're going to take our time. We're going to take your time off. Blah, 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 and it got all screwed up. So I think we're going to get started doing stuff like that now. But anyway. I got a bit of a predicament with Thanksgiving coming in that uh, I mentioned this yesterday. I reached the highest weight when I got on the scale in the morning. I've been in many, many years. And so I've got a bit of a, like if you're already drunk, well, what's one more is not going to hurt. I got a bit of one of those with eating <laughs> headed into the holiday season, a bit of a, well, I'm already at my highest weight. I mean, is there any point in trying to worry about it right now or do i know what are you at <laughs> no like, uh, noses michael what are you at like 325 <laughs> yes, yes i'm just, exactly. <laughs> just three bills and a quarter I'm just looking you over yeah. um yeah wow well just have a great exercise week right 
No, <laughs> two, not, three days of a good workout. But the problem is, I'm just thinking, I'm just feeling like there's no, I might as well just go ahead and tie on the feedback. I mean, like, really, say yes to everything <sighs> as an attitude. On Thanksgiving or all week long? Thanksgiving, but it's going to, it seeped into, last night we got desserts. I never buy desserts, ever at a restaurant. Almost never, unless it's a celebration. Because uh, we just took in 2,000 calories of the meal. We're not going to get a dessert. But went ahead and got uh, Oreo milkshakes to go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Michael with his uh, the, the wearing a boot because he's about to lose the lot that he was going to lose his toe from diabetes. He was shaking his head at this. Aren't you, Michael? Yeah. Be a warning to me, Michael. I miss those days. It's not a joke, though, is it, Michael? No, no. No, it it's isn't. not a joke. Judge him harshly, Michael. Harshly. Kind of lesson of my the example of my setting for my kids getting Oreo milkshakes at the Red Robin. Good lord! You got to go to that restaurant that uh, puts meth on your food. Let it up your metabolism a yes. little bit. Speed things up a little, and suppresses the appetite. Win win. God, and I wonder if anybody who uh, had any drug problems accident accidentally took that meth at the restaurant because then you'd be you could be off to the races the rest of your life. Oh, world of hurt! Yeah, good gracious. So the the, the, the the real moral of that story is don't put meth on your food at restaurants. No MSG and no meth, please. Hey, kids, it's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the week. There he is, our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael, final thought? Yeah, you know, Jack, how your brother made his life more exciting by going to Rio de Janeiro. I think this year I might try a different brand of Thanksgiving stuffing. There you go. I'm going to go for it. Ah, yeah. yeah. Try the dry wow. kind instead of the wet kind. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving Stick to everybody on the show, actually. Thank you, Michael. Well said. Katie Green, our esteemed newswoman, has a final thought. Katie? Uh, also, happy Thanksgiving to everybody on the show. And, and humble brag, I've been going to the gym quite a bit, and I'm noticing more masks while people are working out. I don't understand that. So, uh, okay, that's interesting, COVID-wise, but the humble brag is that you get went to the gym? Yeah, that's my brag. Or a flex, as the kids say these days. Right. It's sus, I think. Uh, Jack, a final thought? I have been running almost every day for quite a few weeks now, so I'm good, I'm wow. good there, running and lifting weights, so I'm doing that good exercising, but I'm just a big, fat hog lumbering down the street. Boy, but you're out eating your exercise. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. My final thought is, and, and I haven't talked about this much, I come from a mixed family. Not race, not religion. Apple and Android. And evidently, Google's been pushing Apple to adopt a communication protocol that aims to replace traditional text messaging with an industry-wide chat feature, standardizing that. Mm. So... I can send a group text with a picture to my wife and my kids and my dad, who has an Android phone. Oh, okay. Um, so, so that might be going away, that, that problem. The whole blue-green war, if you know about that. I didn't know that was a thing. I don't have any weirdos with Androids in my life, but does that? Yeah. I didn't know you couldn't send pictures and group stuff. That's no, a, it gets all bogged down. Well, that's and a drag. Say, that's a yeah. serious drag. Armstrong yeah. and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. 
So many people to thank, so little time. We are thankful for you listening, supporting the show. Truly, we are. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. Pick up a t-shirt or hat or sports bra or something like that. It helps keep everybody on the staff uh, and they're funny and they're entertaining and fellow A&G fans will recognize you and clasp your hand warmly. Follow us on Twitter. I'll be tweeting all next week. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. This is a beautiful moment. I mean, this is the sort of original sin. Th- this is a joke. Um, this is horrible. It's cold. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's have coffee. Discuss our differences. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> no. Don't. You're being Come a here. white man. And- Talk to Instagram and YouTube. <laughs> oh, thank you for telling me that. I desperately wish we hadn't done this. <laughs> Goodbye, everyone. Have a great Friday, you mother. Uh, Armstrong and Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.